Hey guys, welcome to Classic Sundays. I'm here with Chantel and Lena. Keisha will probably join us a little later, but um, this week we watched um, The Thief and the Cobbler, which is our first animated movie. And the movie is about a thief um, that sees these golden balls and wants them. And the whole entire movie, he's trying to achieve his goal of stealing these balls, but runs into obstacles at every angle um it's a little bit slapstick funny with that and then the other part is the cobbler and it's kind of his journey from being this poor cobbler to being a prince almost imagine aladdin um and that's basically the story of him and yeah it's pretty fun so let's get into it All right, well, this was Alyssa's choice. Yes. So, Alyssa, you get to start <laughs> off and start off with your review. Well, okay, so when I was a kid, my uncle and I loved this movie. We, it was on repeat. When I mentioned that we were doing this for the podcast, he's like, no way. Like, this is... For me, I personally loved the movie. Um, I I did... I won't say it was, like, the best movie ever, obviously, because when I rewatched it, I was a little... Um, like, I don't remember this part in the movie. I definitely had uh, Aladdin vibes in for this movie. I actually saw a, a thing on Pinterest where it was Aladdin and then the Thief and the Cobbler cast. And the Aladdin cast was like, yeah, I understand there's a lot of similarities, but can we get over this already? So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, they definitely did copy a lot, um, but... <laughs> I will interject later on fun facts oh, okay, because so... they are actually related. Okay, cool. Then I know. But actually, I think one of the um, when I was looking up this movie because this movie was so hard to find. There's it's not circulating anywhere. So the the YouTube videos that I sent you guys for this movie actually had um, directors like drawn parts. They weren't fully animated. Those were added extra from the director that he wanted those in the movie. But I guess when they like released the movie they weren't in there so i know when you guys were watching it you probably noticed parts that were not fully animated so i guess Which, Chantel i has also another have fun another fact. fun fact about that and and to um end my fun facts later with um how our viewers can actually access that movie on youtube yeah this thief i freaking love this man the whole entire movie because on friday i went out with um my friend and i literally kept dropping everything i kept falling i literally tripped over air i felt like this man when i watched this movie i was like this is this is me this is who i am and there we go so i just felt like very connected to this thief and i loved him and the whole um when they're playing polo and he's just like, I just want to run away. And this ball is following me. And he's just getting hit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I love this movie um, a lot. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Can we comment on the flies? Oh, yeah. Like... <laughs> I was going to say, that was my favorite part. Flies um, was the fact that the flies followed him <laughs> literally everywhere. Like, I was, you know, that you wish your friends or your family would be like those flies. Where they just have your back. They're just going to stick to you. They're always there. (laughs) Yes. No, um, I think the director's cuts, like the additions to it, helped make the movie actually even Mm -hmm. more clear. Like, um, I know it increased the length of the movie. I don't know if that's why they did it. They got rid of those parts. But it helped clarify the movie a little bit more. And, like, 
one of my favorite scenes in it was um, when the cobbler was fixing Princess Yum Yum's shoe. And, like, the two of them are blushing and flirting, and it's mm-hmm. really cute. And having that director's, like, drawings in there, it made it really, really cute. More so, and it, I think it, like, made the whole romance a little more seamless versus if you didn't have that in there, it would have been a little more abrupt. So, but the thief, the thief was very, very funny. I loved how, and... He just he's in it for the treasure. Like he doesn't try to do anything but that, but it sets off all these other events and it's the best kind of yeah. comedy. Because like even when we're talking about like the the romance between Yum Yum and Tack, um, just like how they first saw each other when he got um because in the beginning of the movie, uh the cobbler and the thief kind of got because the thief wanted to steal money from the cobbler and the cobbler in his sleep sewed the thief onto him. And when they're trying to disentangle themselves they roll down a pair of stairs and then um there's this uh grand vizier called zigzag which is basically jafar um if you're like relating it to uh aladdin that he steps on attack and then says like you know arrest attack the the cobbler and so that's how he gets brought to the palace and they meet for the first time and it's kind of cute because it's like they they make eye contact and it's just like a head tilt this way and then a head tilt that way. And it's just, I thought, I thought that was really cute. It was like, almost like love at first sight. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And I love how she broke her shoe. On to purpose. To get the yeah. cobbler away. From, yeah. To get the cobbler away from the vizier. Like, she she was onto that vizier from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely a lot of, I'll agree, there definitely were a lot of, like, Aladdin vibes in the movie. And I don't know which one came out first. This movie. Um, but the Sultan, <laughs> the Sultan reminded me of the useless Sultan in mm-hmm. Aladdin. Oh, the Sultan you was know. so dirty. Can we just talk about that real quick? You mentioned the Sultan. He got um the zigzag, the Grand Vizier brought this like um concubine. Tent. They never showed her. Yeah, it, they never but... showed her. And like everyone's like giggling because of like the country she's from. But during the um, polo match, this guy just sticks his hand into the um, the tent, and you just like hear her moaning and giggling. And I'm like, I don't remember this as a kid watching this. I do not remember him like, I, I guess pleasuring her. <laughs> and like, I was just like, what the hell? So it's kind of it's kind of interesting as an adult watching this movie and catching all the sexual sexual innuendos because I don't know if you guys noticed, but when um, the thief was climbing up the sewer dra- like pipes mm-hmm. to get up. Um, when he went to the the king's one, his um his toilet was shaped as like a uh, a penis, and I did yeah, not notice that. Part. And then now we have to go back. And yeah, watch when that. he was then going to um, Princess Yum Yum's, her toilet was shaped as two boobs. I didn't notice. Yeah, that. I noticed that. Somehow I noticed I was just wow. like, after I saw hers, I actually scrolled back because I was like, why does she have two? And then I scrolled back to his. And I was like, oh, because she's a girl and he's a guy, boobs and a dick because it's the bathroom. Okay, so that kind of leads me to my one point about the question point about this movie. Call it, maybe I'll call it an observation. Um, What were they on when they I made this know. movie? And the reason I ask is because, like, this movie is about as trippy. Like, All I would not want to be illusions. high watching this movie. It is so trippy. Is that called forced perspective when it's like 
Well, partially. Okay, because it's yeah. just like when they're like walking and then all of a sudden he just slips into a black thing and then the guy falls and it's just like... Yeah, yeah. I, think that I, I thought that that was great artwork, to be honest, the way that they did it. Because I think that this guy, like this was his... Like he wanted this movie made, and it took him a very long time to make it. I don't remember how long, but I have a fun fact about that. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, we'll leave it for the end. But um, yeah, so I definitely I did enjoy the art style. I feel like we don't have movies like this anymore, and I I very much appreciated the work that they put into it, and I felt like it was a beautiful movie. Oh, the um, art was fantastic and you know you you miss that in today's animated movies because you don't have that and what kind of stood out to me even because I love watching animated movies and Studio Ghibli is by far my favorite Ooh, anything to do Studio with Ghibli that. is nice Hayao Miyazaki is a genius and even the new stuff they now since the studio split like even their new stuff is fantastic or in Disney's you know original hand-drawn animations are beautiful what was interesting to me, what I really liked about it was how they took the time to try to bring in the feel of that Middle Eastern culture into this mm-hmm. movie. Because Middle Eastern art does not have um, human faces ever. It does not have any human forms. It is flowers. It is nature. It is abstract. That's how they do it and there's actually religious aspect reasons for that and I loved how they brought that feel into it with this movie and the way the art itself was it was very very different from you know the animated movies that were happening at that time and it's very different from what we would see today we wouldn't really see a movie yeah. like that today so I thought that was really kind of on the art side of it maybe no. happy because if we <laughs> are talking about happy. like the art style and like the middle eastern culture like the amount of just detail that they put into it like even like when they're like kind of zooming in on like the floors when um they were doing the chase scene it's just like you can just see like just every little intricate like flower and the petal it's just i mm-hmm. felt like it was they did put a lot of work in that although can i just say the horses and the polo match were like a blob <laughs> yes for sticks. They were very fat. They were, yeah, they, they did a lot nice. of like almost like color blocking and whatnot for um, like their animation. And like you were saying, like with the yeah. along with the artwork. And I just want to bring attention to it just killed me every single time I saw that thief move. Like when he's just like slinking across like, <laughs> the floor, like slithering like a snake to go steal those hands. Like, he's like Dude, dead. the thief, this is why the thief is my favorite like person in this whole movie is that one, he's hella sassy. Like he gets anytime he gets like any recognition, he's just like hand on the hip and he's just like, mm-hmm. I love the thief so much from the way that he moves to when he was trying to steal the balls and he's just like doing this like tightrope action and then falling. And, and when he gets his hands cut off, oh yeah, really this the he back is scratchers. A genius. Okay, he that's why he stole both of those back scratchers because they were shaped as hands. He took those back scratchers, he's like my hands aren't going tonight and then he's just like oh no and then he just kind of slinks off and everyone's just like watching him i don't know I thought there it was... um speak going back to your sexual innuendos from earlier though the balls <laughs> it's every yes. time they came up in conversation i wanted to just be like that's what she said yeah i think that's what she said and i want to say no it's the balls on the 
that well, he's like, I finally have the balls to speak I, to the I, king. The that is exactly like that. the point I was going to bring up. I finally <laughs> have the balls to speak to him. And I'm just like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to take my balls and go somewhere else. And then I'm just like, the, the, literally, this movie was made for adults. They always try to kind of do that in, like, animated movies. It's just to give the adults, like, it's something that, that will go over the kid's head, but give the adults something to also enjoy in the movie. <laughs> Well, if you gotta suffer through an animated movie, you may as well. Yeah, enjoy so they it. like try to like sneak things and like that in that the adults are like, what? Because <laughs> the kids literally, it's oh la di da di da, not mm-hmm. blue, like not one. Speaking of those that. those gold balls again, though, the thief and those gold balls. Like, granted, the entire movie he was not going after the gold balls. He just wanted he, money. He, he just wanted anything shiny, anything shiny, anything shiny. But then the obsession He's came with the gold balls because that was just like the the whole second half of the movie. Yeah. Um. But with him and those gold balls and or anything shiny, really, um, it reminded me a lot of, and I I have no idea if they took this into account or like chose to do this for you know because of this movie, but Ice Age. And that darn squirrel and his nut. And his little nut. his little nut and just doing everything. Oh, I love Squirrel. Yes. yes. He was my favorite. But it, it just the, the whole time and just like, like his animation and his movement and everything just reminded me of the darn squirrel. You know, until you pointed it out, I never would have yeah, thought. Yeah, I would but yeah, I I can see that. Scrat was fantastic. I miss though. Ice Age. I kind of want to watch it, it again. So <laughs> I know topic of the thief though can i just say that i feel really bad for the thief in a way because he's like the character of the movie you know he's the main character so to speak even though he's not but he's the, yeah you mm-hmm. know what i mean in the very beginning of the movie the narrator's like well he's a lowly thief we're not gonna <laughs> yeah. give him a name but i think like, that's really? why that poor guy doesn't even get yeah, a name. Like, I think that's why like we like him so much though it's because he doesn't have like a role you know like he's not like supposed to be the main character but he ends up being the main character and i yeah i love it just by being so himself. much um maybe that gives maybe that will give a uh, hope to those of us who are not yeah. the main character that you know what you can be the main character even if you don't weren't placed in that role you can still be the no, main. no i agree but since we're going kind of like in the movie where um the thief has stolen it and um Z- uh, zigzag the grand vizier he is i i cannot fault him at one point because he is an opportunist and he saw his opportunity and he went for it and obviously that it didn't play out because he wanted the princess and the king's like i uh, want I the balls he, but i'm not wanted- ready for I don't want you taking my daughter. I think he more wanted the power and the marrying the princess was the power. Gave him the power. He but, didn't care about her. Yeah, far by. Yeah, he didn't care king, about her. But... but no, but that's even though like when he went to um one eye, the the bad guy in the movie, um, which that one I'm gonna get to later. But when he went to one eye, that was his stipulation. That was his only stipulation, was like, I want the princess. He didn't even want to be king after that, because obviously one eye is gonna be he conquered the city. That's going to be his city. But when he was just like, I just want the princess. The princess is not going to be touched. So he did technically have a, like a weird obsession with her. Maybe. But when he went to one eye, the, the bad guy, he was like, she's mine. Don't touch her. I mean, yeah, with that, with that evidence, then yeah, maybe. I, I just, I always 
thought that he was going more for the power than for her, but that's that's a good point. Either way, I got weird Jafar vibes oh, yeah. over there. I feel like Jafar Snake. was sexier though. Than- no, for sure. <laughs> but I I will I oh, yeah, will well, you know die on my hill of zigzag because his his shoes were like he took a step and it went five feet in front of him. And then he took another step, and it went five feet in front of him, and I freaking love that. I don't I mean, know why. I mean, they say it's the same size as your shoe. Well, that's why it's fake, though, because it was small, <laughs> and then he just, like, kind of was like, here, an extra couple inches. <laughs> so he's he's not that big. Anytime the thief or the cobbler and the princess found a secret tunnel, I literally, if you guys watched um, Avatar The Last Airbender, in my head, whenever they found a door and a passageway, I'm just like, secret tunnel, secret tunnel. And I just, in my head, I'm like, this is, this is, this is a horrible thing that Avatar has done to me. But um, yeah. And then Zigzag always talks in um, rhymes. Did you guys notice that? Yes. I did notice that. Yes. Very from the, he was the yeah, only he was one who talked in rhymes. Because the cobbler, I don't. Remember the cobbler was saying even one single word. But see, that's the thing with the cobbler point in the movie was kind of how he grew from this like meek and shy guy. Because if you guys didn't notice in the beginning of the movie, he's almost white. He's black and white. He has no personality. And then throughout the movie, throughout the journey of him like trying to save the kingdom, he then adds color to his skin. And at the end of the movie, that was his only line was like, I love you too. And um, he was fully in color, same color as her. He he became his his own person, I guess. And I felt like that was really, really great in how the director and the writers in this movie did, because it's like, here's a guy that has no no color. He's bland. He's very just, eh, you know, and then just watch him kind of get into himself develop. and develop as a character. And then now he's just like in color. He's like everyone else. He he has a voice now, and I yeah. felt like that was pretty nice. And just to let you guys know, Keisha is in the podcast. Hi. <laughs> but while we're talking about One Eye, though, I do not, for the life of me, remember his camp and how, de- I don't know, like debauchery, I guess is like the word, but it was just like a bunch of really curvy ladies, and they're all dancing, and it's just very sexy, and his throne of just women, and I'm just like, I do not. I can't, I cannot remember this as a kid. I don't know if I just blacked it out, but I did not remember this. This was like a shock to me. I'm like, and I thought this was going to be an added scene, but it wasn't. It was actually in the movie because it was fully animated. So I was just like, what the hell? But yeah, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> I thought that the, uh, I originally thought, and maybe it, it was just me or maybe they were trying to lead the audience. To, I thought the, the uh, little like clan of barbarians was going, like one of them was going to have like one eye or something like that. And like, that was who was supposed to be like attacking for mm. some reason. But, and then they ended up being like, you know, nice and like, you know, respectful towards the princess and everything. And I don't know. I, I just thought that they were the original ones that were part of the one eye clan. I yeah. Suppose. Uh, I don't know. Like they came out of nowhere and they were like, I feel like they helped move along the story plot because obviously when Princess Yum Yum was sent by her dad to go to this, um, the witch, uh, it, it was helping them move along in the story plot, but I felt like they really didn't need to be there. They didn't um, add very much. Yeah, they didn't add very much. Maybe some comedy because like her nanny then came out of nowhere. And this nanny's jacked. Like they this all, woman's just like all oh. hairy arms. Yeah, and she's like <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And she's like tossing all these like... Um, strong hairy men around 
Um, but I thought that it was more of like a moving the plot along than anything to add to the plot. Yeah. No, I feel like that's the, the one thing that was interesting to me is that it was so hard to find this movie to stream because it said that it, it streamed only on Vudu. But when I tried to stream on Vudu, it, it wasn't showing up. So I would have to like buy it off of Amazon, like a DVD version for me to see like the actual official movie. So I thought that was kind of interesting for how long this guy tried and took to make this movie and how much he put into it to then it not being able to be streamed. A lot of these old animated movies, though, are just that hard, though, to um, find. They're that hard mm-hmm. to find. Because I don't know, was this an was this a, like an independent? I think so. Film? I think it was an independent film because I've noticed that like not maybe like one other maybe DreamWorks or something can compare to it, but Disney, when it comes to animation, they are amazing. I mean, for me at least, I think that Williams. They're- the director kind of like the one that was in charge of this this doesn't necessarily get in my fun fact yet but he purposely avoided using anyone that had any relation to disney as far as his animation team goes so that's That's also why there's not too much of that disney-esque animation within this movie okay but since i guess i um, picked the movie for me personally because of nostalgia yeah i got picked up by warner brothers later yeah. I forget. I guess it started off independently at first by this creator and then Williams. Warner Brothers went to pick it up and then I read that there was talk from Disney of maybe kind of reinventing it and putting it out there again but I don't think they ever did. Yeah, and then they find the the witch and the witches um, getting high. Saggy saggy <laughs> boobs and um, uh, <laughs> very much a uh, high little um flying in the she sky is like very rude to for you. Yeah. And she goes down and gets high yeah. and comes back she's like this is what you need to do <laughs> so it was it was I, I love i don't remember the witch also in the movie i think the my as a child i remember the first half of the movie i do not remember the second half of the movie so the second half of the movie was completely new to me that's and, probably when you're going to grab snacks yeah so it was definitely <laughs> like oh that's interesting i don't remember the saggy titted um old lady telling him <laughs> that he's gonna be the hero of the movie so yeah but it, it was interesting <laughs> but like the whole no one liked it no one liked it she was just getting high this <laughs> is interesting yeah but moving along so, to the end of the movie, though, um, can we appreciate the Rube Goldberg project? Basically, yeah, the the tack and how it just exactly. like had a triple, like a ripple effect of how <laughs> destroying this big machine and this whole <laughs> army from one tack. Yeah, no, I can appreciate, I can appreciate that, but I and I appreciate that it took it down, but ten minutes. Well, I, I it wasn't probably exaggerating. I, we're exaggerating. But it felt like a very long felt time. like ten minutes. Yeah. It was just extremely long and <laughs> but I, I can't appreciate that it was the simple tack is what ended it all. Mm-hmm. It's usually how that works. It's always the simple things that get you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I mean that's basically the whole movie that we went through. Um do you want to add anything else, Keisha? Because I know you uh, went in a little bit late so from where you enter do you want to add anything sure the only thing I really wanted to say is like in general I didn't care for this movie at all (laughs) I think I would have rather watched a documentary on the making (laughs) of this movie because I find that fascinating the animation and the story behind trying to create it and how long it took and I find that story way more interesting than the actual movie 
I feel like I agree with you when it comes to that. Like, I feel like nostalgia for me plays a big role as to why I like this movie. But I feel like I would probably rather watch the documentary of how they made this movie because it was a very long time to make this movie. And mm-hmm. I I definitely agree with you with that. Like, that would be a very, very interesting I, to watch. I definitely agree with you too, Keisha. I think that this one paved the way for other movies, which I'll get to in fun facts, but it, it paved the way for other movies. And it did a lot of like monumental things that, you know, kind of are reflected in later movies. The story, it's like, I would rather watch Aladdin. <laughs> like, I'm putting out there like, and like, I, I know this is, Aladdin basically stole a lot from this movie, but I would also rather watch Aladdin, See, but I can appreciate the, the animation and the artwork and like I can appreciate all that from this movie and respect that you know it's kind of like was the grandpa of the later movies that I do like but (laughs) I agree with you I'd rather watch the documentary but that's the thing I feel like Disney is also a powerhouse when it comes to animation I'm rating it as a six um it's not the best movie obviously um but for me personally because of having that link as a child um to my relationship with my uncle because I love my uncle and um having spent time with him watching this movie and me just always watching it as a kid too I I rate it higher um plus also once I'm an adult I understand like hey like her bathroom's shaped as tits and his is a dick you know I I just felt like it was um funny as well so that's why for me it's a six um out of ten for my rating, I'm giving it a four. I and that's I'm giving it a four because I can, as an adult, appreciate the effort, the you know, the animation, the you know, character development, and all that stuff that went into this movie and the artwork and all that. But <laughs> I am on the same page as I, I like I whether maybe I'm spoiled. Maybe I've watched other, but like, it's not just like I watched Disney. Like I watched Anastasia and like other animated, you know, films growing up. And I just feel like they did it better. (laughs) And I I can appreciate this movie, but it is not on my rewatch list. So I'm giving this movie a two. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm only giving it two points because I can appreciate the animation and the work that went into making this movie. Like I said, I would rather watch a documentary on the making of this movie before I would ever actually watch this movie again. It was unenjoyable to me and it was like painful to get through. I was just (laughs) waiting for it to end. (laughs) Well, Chris did not fall asleep during it, but it was a matter of distracted by this and what were they on the entire time? Um, in terms of rating, I'd give it like a four okay. and a half. Um, you know, one of those, I'll rewatch it again if I'm feeling really artsy or something that day. Uh, but not necessarily up there in terms of, you know, great animated movies. It's not Studio no. Ghibli. I'll definitely, I'll definitely say that. Yeah. It'll, it'll definitely be another like maybe 20, 20 years until I watch this movie it again. Was the so. equivalent of, <laughs> Every 20 years I have to watch this. For me, it was the equivalent of Alyssa watching Gremlins. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> now that I know that, I feel so bad. Okay, but I won't make you watch this movie again. You will make me watch Gremlins too. So 
on that, I'm a better person than you yeah, are. Yeah, but we didn't podcast on Gremlins, so. <laughs> but, yeah. So, give us the fun facts that you've been teasing. All right. I have six fun facts. Short fun fact first. Um, this was actually originally going to be a series of shorts. Um, so, when it was presented and Williams wanted to make this into a movie, it was a series of shorts. And they were like, well you want it to be a movie so like you need to lengthen it and like make these like connect and everything um which is where he like threw the thief in there um to kind of like connect it a little bit more um so that's fun fact number one fun fact number two uh so our main character tech was actually based on several silent film stars anyone have any guesses as to who those are before i reveal them what's the guy with the like hitler mustache What's his name? Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin was one. Um, and then another one uh, was Buster Keaton. I don't know if I say that right. Um, no idea. And the the focus for Williams for this. So they actually watched a lot of Charlie Chapman, Chaplin and um, other silent film star movies as inspiration when creating tack um and his movements and everything so they kind of use those for research Hmm. um williams uh basically like motto for this movie going forward was he wanted to do the story about worthwhile people who aren't the smartest like maybe while they do everything um but it's better for them to succeed than the damn villain like Quoted by one of the John John Coleman, Hain, the one of the development artists, um, which I'll get to. There were several development artists for this movie. Um, actually, fun fact number three is that people from all over the world were actually flown into London to work on the movie. Um, and as mentioned earlier, he avoided animators who had any Disney or TV background, so they could easily adapt, or he could mold them into what he wanted his style to be kind of then that would kind of make sense of how the style is different from animation because like american animation is a lot different than like european animation so that kind of makes sense of why um it is the way that it is and this uh, this movie was williams kind of like pet project if 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 you will um so he did a lot of other work um i believe he did work in um don't quote me on this because it's not part of the fun fact but um Fantasia, um, and and a couple other bigger films. Um, and because he did so well, and he was good at like um, helping with those, then they were like, okay, like we'll let you, we'll leave you alone, let you do your pet project movie. Um, so that's kind of like how this one started developing. Um, Wait, but- before your next fun fact, that's so interesting that you said Fantasia because the whole time I watched it, I had like a bit of a Fantasia, very minor vibe to it. And I hated Fantasia. <laughs> I hated it too. I hated it too. <laughs> so that's funny. All right, you I, can. I think that's why we don't like the. I'm movie like the only much. one who apparently likes Fantasia in this. Yeah. Group. <laughs> oh, you're the only one. Oh, okay. I I I hate. I love Fantasia. I love Fantasia one. I love Fantasia. I think two. as a kid, it scared me. I don't know why, but I was afraid of Fantasia. Like watching it. It's the same with like Studio Ghibli. Um, the Spirit Away. I literally refused to watch it a good movie. to this day because it scared me so much. I don't know why. Oh, there's a Studio Ghibli. I'm debating about having us watch, but the reason I'm still debating is because it will make you cry within the thir- first thirty yes. minutes. So I don't know if I want to subject. I'm to okay that. with that. 
Keisha likes Keisha likes the movies that invoke emotion. Oh, anyways, yeah. so oh, there's a lot of well, emotion. In I might like it then. Emotion. She might get a. Get we might have to try that. Um, but okay, so uh, fun fact four of six is that so Disney basically was just very shitty <laughs> to the thief and the cobbler. They, Disney, Disney's Disney. Disney basically stole the movie to create Aladdin. And there was nothing, oh, yeah, there was nothing that the Thief and Cobbler or Williams or anyone could do about it. And it was just kind of brushed under the rug. Yeah. Like, there was nothing that was done. There was no suing that happened. There, It just, so that's why this movie is so similar to Aladdin. It's because the artists that actually worked on this one actually went and then created Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why I knew that, because Keisha, before you um came on the podcast, I mentioned that on Pinterest. Um, I saw a little like animated thing where Aladdin cast is on one side and the Thief and the Cobbler is on the other side. And Aladdin is like saying like, I understand there's a bunch of similarities, but can we forget about it already? So I definitely like when you're watching this movie, you know that it is a mm-hmm. ripoff. It has to so be. Disney basically plagiarized this movie. Yes, but didn't get in, like in trouble. Saying. So I mean, no, they had enough money. And uh, go capitalism because you don't have to, you know, put credits toward. Well, Disney kind of takes other people's ideas all the time. They're like notorious for that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They're known for it. I will. I will say though that that wasn't the first time that this movie was done dirty either. Oh, okay. Give me more. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't the only time. So, so a bunch of people. You know, I mean, like, not only did Disney steal (laughs) the entire movie, um, the Thief and the Cobbler was actually meant to beat Aladdin into theaters, but. Um, so it missed its deadline. And so when Warner Brothers said that they would support this movie and support Williams making this movie, um, they because he took so long, which I'll get to in the next fun fact, because he took so long, uh, they actually gave the staff like a two week vacation. Um, and then when the staff for the thief and the cobbler like the animators and everything came back their desks were empty and like removed from the room like they were basically like oh wow <laughs> on coming back while on vacation yeah, from coming back once they came back from vacation because they were like yeah we're sick of waiting <laughs> we've given you enough time to make this movie um which leads me to this movie actually has holds a guinness world record oh um, so another movie, a 2014 movie called Boyhood took 11 years to make and had held the record for the longest continuous production for a live action movie. So live action, this movie <laughs> blows them out of the water because this one took 31 years to complete. See, I knew starting in 1964. Oh, yeah. I knew that's why, like, my the one thing I always that's remembered insane. was it took like over 20 years to make this movie. And I think that's why I also liked this movie so much is that they didn't give up on it. Like, I felt like it was very, like, I don't know. Like, I, I just why I like movies like that when you have like little facts that, like, this movie took like what 30 something years to make. That's insane. Well, <laughs> except they all got fired and then they weren't as published it anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> They ticked him off with that one. (laughs) But it holds a record. (laughs) Um, But so throughout our podcast today, so for my last fun fact, throughout the podcast today, it was mentioned by many of us um, that 
we had watched the movie on YouTube and that there were some sketched in or, if you will, black and white um, scenes. Um, so actually, fun fact about that is that this movie was never actually fully finished by Williams, hence them getting fired. Um, and you probably will never see it in, in full black, full color finished by Williams. Um, I believe he actually passed away. Um, but he did. in the, in 2006, a USC film grad, Garrett Gilchrist, a major fan of the film, took it upon himself to recreate the movie using all the materials he could find, including a 1992 Williams work print and a Japanese widescreen DVD called The Thief and the Cobbler Recoppled Cut. The reconstructed film removed the musical numbers and returned the original voice actors, which we heard in our the YouTube version of this movie. And you can find the recut on YouTube, although there are still some portions that could be and may be blocked in certain countries. Huh. Okay. So that makes sense. I'm guessing the bathrooms are probably one of those. That, that makes uh, sense. Maybe. That could, that could be one that is probably on YouTube and very hard to find because it's not necessarily edited in or out of some of those scenes. Yeah, because but... that, that makes sense. I, I, when I remember watching the night, obviously I don't remember the, the drum, like the, the, the non-finished parts. Um, so I know that what I was watching was like a, what Warner Brothers released and seeing this movie and finding how hard it was to find this movie that kind of makes sense. Um, I mean, I don't know. Are we going to talk about if it's a classic or not now? Oh, yep. Let me get my <laughs> definition up. All right. So classic movie. Is it truly a classic based on the following criteria? Acting, music, dialogue, attention, historical details, costuming, and scenery. Alyssa, you want to go first? This is not a classic, but it, it's, I feel like a cult classic. I feel like people that um, have watched this movie and have like some type of uh, nostalgia to it will always love this movie. But I, this is in no way a classic. Um, like, cause you know, you have like, like Disney, like um, Sleeping Beauty. That's like a classic animated movie. That's always going to be a classic. But this movie, no, it's, it's for me, at least not a classic at all. Yeah, no, I I agree with you as it's not a classic. There are, granted, Aladdin has its own, like, cultural, you know, problems as well, but I feel like there are other movies that have done this better mm -hmm. that I would consider a classic. Yeah. I agree. I don't think it's a classic. I think I agree with Alyssa in terms of I do think this is probably a cult classic, but definitely not a classic in any way. One of those... Interesting to watch once in your yeah. life. I, I would think. argue, as much as I hated it, that it actually is a classic. I think that definition oh. you read off, you have to tweak it a little bit, considering this is an animated movie versus, like, yeah. you know, there's not going to be costuming and dialogue. Acting. It's yeah. going to be like, you're going to have to put it under a different microscope, I guess, to determine if it's a classic. I think just based on its, like, his historical um, significance to motivating the making of other movies... And like just the the world record, the time spent on it, like just all of the background information that went along with this movie. To me, that's what makes it a classic. And like the animation was really good, even though I hated the movie. Like I can appreciate 
the movie. To me, it's a classic. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like uh, everyone didn't like this movie, and it's interesting to see someone that did not like this movie because I think yours was the lowest rating to to say that it is a mm-hmm. classic. So I, it's definitely yeah. it's definitely interesting because like I, as a fan of this movie don't but i definitely see where you're coming from when you're saying that it is a classic just because i guess i i need to redact then mine because i i i did say earlier in this podcast that a lot of other movies and things that um a lot of other movies later took things from this this movie so I guess with that, so because with that, I mean, it, it kind of was like I like I literally said earlier that it was the grandpa of other movies to come um, that I argue would be better movies, whether they were classics or not. I I think I do need to redact my my classic statement and say that I agree with Keisha and say it is a classic for that reason mm-hmm. um, that it inspired so many other films later. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of 50-50. I think it's a cult classic. I won't say that it's a traditional classic, um, but I definitely, I do see where you guys are coming from when it comes to saying that it is a classic. Then um, I guess uh, next week we have Lena um, picking the movie. So do you know what we're... And next week's movie is the 1988 film by Studio Ghibli called Grave of the Fireflies. All right, Sounds so good. all right then that was a great movie. Um we'll watch Lena's next week on Sunday and I'll see you guys next week. So bye-bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the episode. I just wanted to remind you guys that we post every Sunday. So I hope to see you guys next weekend. Thank you. Bye.